if we look at the recipe for teaching dogs to walk on a loose lead, which to me is not much use because what did you do when the dog's not got a lead on? Um, you need to be able to take this apart and have a look at, I haven't taught the dog the skill of, or I haven't taught the person the skill of. And it just makes these recipes a good starting point, but they're not sufficient when you really want to learn how to do something. Dog training is full of recipes. This is how you teach that or this. And the message is don't think too much about how the recipe was developed. Just follow it. But what if it doesn't work? Then we would like to invite you to Geekland. This is Learning About Dogs, a podcast for people who love learning about dogs. I'm Sue McGuire along with Kay Lawrence. Tackle 2020 is underway. Tackle stands for Trainer Accredited by Kay Lawrence. There's not many of us in this geek land, but we'd love to have some new neighbors. Take a listen. The Tackle 2020. So you're going to be starting a multi-year course. So explain this. So I'm a, a, a Tackle certified trainer which is a trainer accredited <laughs> that's a mouthful isn't it yes, trainer yes, yes, accredited yes, yes, by yes. Kay Lawrence. well i didn't uh, know what else to call it <laughs> i know i mean at first we started out as collar and then intelligent dog training course and then we went to taco which i you know yes, embrace well, it's, it's it, it evolves it's graduated as it goes along yes it's graduated i mean it's it's essentially it's two years of lessons 32 lessons plus then a year's worth of collating and collecting all your evidence to get your accreditation and it's no sneeze you know this was not an easy process was it uh no so, <laughs> but the actual process itself of competency-based learning is about proving to somebody else that you can do what you say you can do yep so if it says that you can lure a behavior well this evidence needs to be sufficient it needs to be authentic and it needs to meet the needs of the criteria so i tell you what I'll show you I can lure five things and they're all quite different and I might even include another couple of dogs. So you go away and say, would this ever meet that criteria? And I will go, absolutely, that meets the criteria. So it becomes your own responsibility to go and find the evidence. And I think that process itself where you become your own supplier of putting out what you can do as opposed to somebody trying to find out what you can do you say no i can do this look here it is you know i think that's an, a valuable process in itself is learning to say what you can do not waiting for somebody to check what you can do when Would people ask me oh absolutely when people ask me about the courses that i've taken through you versus courses that i've taken from other organizations I think the the biggest thing I say is you need to be able to show the evidence that you understand yeah, uh, yeah, the topic. Yeah. And, and that's sometimes can be a painful process for people who are used to sitting in a seminar, getting the answers, and then not really having to regurgitate it back. And will. also, I mean, you know, measuring competency is not a single linear event. So if I can say, yeah, I can drive a car. To measure that you understand how to drive a car, a driving car is not so good. I think the cake baking analogy is better. <laughs> yeah, you would actually have to prove that you can bake probably five different types of cakes, which then the fact that you can different types of cakes or even different types of cars, you can drive a car, a tractor, a motorbike, a bus, a lorry, you know, whatever. You can drive lots of different types of vehicles. 
is, if you like, evidence that you can translate what you understand into different applications. Yeah. So that- can you write? Can you use a keyboard? And can you use a pen? Can you use different types of writing? So when we're looking for competency in dog training, even though it might be one thing, like can you lure a behavior, you're looking to lure different types of behaviors and probably lure it on more than one learner. Then that is a demonstration that you can actually um, move your competency sideways. It's a lateral competency, not just a straight one step after another. Yeah, it's not uh, five seconds of video this, seven seconds of video that. It needs to show the underlying skill of luring, mm-hmm. regardless of, of yep. the learner in yep. front of you. Do yeah, and 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 that you know that goes back up the river. Do you have the ability to hold food? Do you have the ability to pace your mm-hmm. luring? Oh, mm-hmm. All that stuff. Yep, yep, yep. Can you use your hand in such a way that it doesn't confuse the dog? Are you able to change your hand so they know the difference between following it and now is the time to eat it? And then does the dog demonstrate that this was just a way of presenting information to them as to how to do something? Oh, yes, is the dog. I can do it now by myself. Wow. Yeah. So, yes, it's, 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 it's not just a question of writing a definition down and saying, I can do luring because this is what luring is. It's a question of then of showing your competency and your competency couldn't be demonstrated unless you've learned how to do it and you have the experience of doing it. And it doesn't have to be a massive amount of dogs. I mean, you're luring how many dogs a day to do different things. That increases your skill. But some people will only maybe train two or three dogs in their lifetime, but they might train those dogs to do a major major you know vast range of different things you know when i did the luring video and i looked at all the things i've lured it came out to about 50 or 60 behaviors that i would choose to lure rather than actually shape mm-hmm. you know and this is different dogs doing different things so yes it's a very broad spectrum and i think it's again um watching those narrow definitions of lure uh narrow def- you know oh that's just so in depth. I mean, where yes, do you begin yes. with a two-year course? I mean, where do you begin? Well, the, and dog training is not linear. It's not like you learn how to use a hammer and then you learn how to use a chisel. Then, you know, it's not it's not one step after another. There's an awful lot of skills that you have to pretty much refine bit by bit. And you might go sideways and refine that skill before you go and do that skill. Um, and even at you know, what I call first contact class, which might be puppy class or people just coming in for basic life skills. Luring is one of the first things I teach because it brings in so many um, skills like how to handle food, how to communicate with the dog, how to observe dog behavior, how to see whether the dog's actually engaged, how to alter yourself to make sure that the dog stays engaged, how to mind getting bitten. You know, it brings in an awful lot of important key skills just on those simple exercises and those skills are more important whether you lure a sit down go around a chair or under a chair or over a chair it doesn't it doesn't matter it's the luring that's the important part and you can't you can't not lure unless you investigate the whole reinforcement process absolutely yeah 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 and it does mean you've got to engage and you've got to plan and you've got to be aware of how that behavior happens in a natural format rather than just try and copy somebody else's recipe for this is how we lure a dog to skateboard. Well, as much as you want to lure a dog to skateboard, if it's fearful of getting on the skateboard, then that needs to be understood and recognized. It's not just about luring. So anyway, yes, it's, it's a two-year 
if you start at the beginning and just went through all of the stuff, I reckon two years I can pretty much turn you out to be competent. Then you have to prove to me that what you've learned. <laughs> so it's not just a question of attending. But obviously people have normally when they want to study to learn something new, they're doing it on top of their existing job or existing pressures. So I've just turned it into um, an annual basis where you join and then you can take as much as you can in each year, you know, so you can use the the base to get going, but then you can choose different short courses to pick up the competences that you feel that would best suit to what you need to learn at that time. And this... if somebody's got a new puppy, they might want to learn something particular for that puppy, as opposed to if they've got a 10-year-old dog or a five-year-old dog with issues, they might want to learn something else instead. I remember years ago, I was at an event a seminar and I, I was just trying to decide between doing your course and I was another course. And one of our dear friends said to me, do you want marketing or do you want to know how to teach dogs? And of course <laughs> I wanted to know how to teach dogs. So guess who I ended up with? The other place is yes, still quite, quite yes. good marketers. Trust me. Um, yes, yes, yes. But that's okay. They but can that's, market. That's a skill in themselves. It's another difference between marketing and competency behind it. You know, we're all subjected to marketing and the stuff on Facebook now, you can't go through two or three posts without a marketing thing coming through. Yeah. I, I have to admit, I've been tempted to buy some T-shirts that scroll across my feed. <laughs> no, I know. It's it's like, I actually, I'm a bit sneaky. I use one um, browser for Facebook and another browser for everything else so that Facebook doesn't pick up what I'm browsing around. No. <laughs> So I have two different browsers, yeah. so it doesn't 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 know what I want. But there again, every yeah. time an advert comes up, if you've liked something because you've been tempted by, oh, look, if you like us, you might go into the prize to get a new dog bed, a new bag of dog food. When that advert comes up, it tells me that you liked that. And I think, suckers. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing's hidden. Nothing's nope, forgotten. Mr. Google. <laughs> um, talk a little bit more about the, the Taco 2020. I mean, my goodness. It, it, uh, for those who are considering it, I would strongly encourage it. Of course, I'm a huge That's fan. Good, yeah. But w what should people expect from taking a course like this? I think, I mean, if you think of the, well, you're a good example. You know, friends that you ended up going on cruises with <laughs> from all around the world <laughs> I think there's a certain, you know, I've made a little video as to what I consider is Geekland, which is upstream of our mainstream activities with dogs. So if you like, our mainstream activities with dogs are all the sports we do with dogs, all the working dogs that we have, and training or working with pet dogs that, you know, have a difficult time living in the life that they're living. So all of those major activities tend to revolve around pre-established recipes as this is how we train a dog to do A, B and C. And, and people just tend to go around the cycle again because often that's easier than trying to reinvent the wheel. And I, I agree, if, if there's no point trying to learn how to do something from scratch when you've got 40 years experience of somebody else doing it, you might just as well not ride on their shoulders, but look at their experience and say, I don't have to actually go and do all that myself. But just as equally, if you're going to have a passion for this, it's 
it is worth traveling further upstream to see what's in common. So you might be training a dog to do a weave in agility. And is that the same as doing heel work for freestyle? Is that the same as a dog putting sheep in a pen? Is that the same as a substance searching dog going through case after case after case on a, on a line of, you know, uh, luggage? So there's so many commonalities between all this that you start to then think, well, the recipes are good, but if I really want to learn how to cook, I need to learn far more about the ingredients rather than just this is how you bake a fruit cake or this is how you bake a chocolate cake or a Victoria sponge or or one of the others. Because I buy mine, I don't know the difference between all these cakes. I don't even know what a Victoria sponge is. So Well, it's it's light. It's it's a lot lighter than other cakes. Okay. Um Yes, exactly. What's a Victoria sponge as opposed to? It's not the same as a Dundee cake. Do you have Dundee cakes? No, I do. Okay. <laughs> so, I mean, there's, there's, you've only got to look at the aisle and look at all the different types of cakes that have evolved from different types of ingredients, different ways of putting it together. So those master bakers have had to learn about the ingredients because at some point they've gone, you know, you and I have been living in our own little worlds and we've suddenly met at some some port somewhere and i've said my goodness this is good cake where does it come from and you've told me that comes from dundee and i'm going wow how do you make it then and as bakers we would discuss how it's made because it's a new cake to me i don't know um you know what type of cake you particularly like so what cake do you eat what's your favorite cake oh i have to admit that i make a a, a from scratch brownie recipe that mainly because my husband adores it and, and I like it when it's right out of the oven, but the next day I don't like it. So I'm a chocolate This is fan. thick, gooey, chocolatey yeah, not, not, yeah, 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 but yeah. not terribly, not terribly gooey. And then we so can put yeah. nuts in them now because my daughters are gone and my daughter doesn't like nuts. <laughs> so now we can have nuts in our brownies. Yeah. So, you know, when we look at different cultures, so what you call um, a muffin over here, 20 years ago, there's no such thing. A muffin was something quite different. English muffin? Yep, that uh -huh. was a flat uh -huh. thing that you, thing. we just Post called a muffin. Kind of, that was what yeah. a muffin was to us. So when you started bringing these muffins over that were like the size of footballs, you know, and hung over the tops and had all these things, and they were a cake for a family in itself, that was completely different from us. So how do we make those? So we all have different... I'd know, so as histories, the different cultures that make different types of cakes. There's different Christmas cakes. There's different types of um, traditions of baking different ways. So to learn how all these cakes come out differently, you'd have to learn it all the different ingredients, how the ingredients chemically interact with each other, and how the putting together of those ingredients affects the outcome. And that's what I call geek dog trainers. So they're looking at how does a cue to do something like repeat going through the weave again, 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 and how does the cue to keep doing heel work on and on and on and on and on, and the cue to search case after case after case after case, there's a commonality that links all these things together, and that's taking us further upstream. Mm -hmm. So this is what I call Geekland, where we're passionate about learning, and it's that passion that I think pushes us forward, pushes us further upstream, and probably pushes us broader than if you were working within a set curriculum. Right. You know, right. so if you were stuck within a, you're going to have to learn this, this and this, I don't know how much you would actually expand your knowledge as opposed to just grow within that form. Yes, grow within that mold. This is about giving you enough understanding that you can expand as far as you would ever want to go. 
and in whichever field you want to go. So it's the it's the, the foundations, this 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 river of knowledge that's further upstream that can let you go in any direction you want to go, wherever your passion takes you. So it's about learning enough to know to have the confidence in what you know, because you get the confidence from presenting your evidence. And your evidence can be assessed by me as well as your peers. You know, it's not just about me saying, you've got to do it my way. It's not about that. It's about proving competency, which might come from a different direction, but it's still competency. Um, And having then that solid evidence of good training, we call clean training skills, you build then your own future out of that. So in other words, it's a kickoff point. What I think people need to embrace, uh, I would encourage them to embrace, that this may sound amazingly overwhelming, complicated, and indeed it is at first when you start learning this way, but having gone through the process, I can safely say that before starting to consider training something, all I have to do is just go up the stream, figure out what the skills are. Uh, just uh, It actually simplifies mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. my approach. It makes it, mm, it, makes it less yeah. complicated. Uh, and then I can go, yeah. okay, yeah. how does yeah. that work going down? Or uh, yesterday I was coaching a team. I have a, a team of gals who come together once a week and, and they're doing so-called tricks and they do it for benefit performances for our nonprofit shelter. Mm-hmm. And we were work, they were wanting to work at distance. And I said, well, okay, let's, let's look at the reinforcement pattern that will build distance. And so we talked about that and we were working on a white floor and all they had was chicken. And I said, no, no, you need something else something other than something white. We were working on a white floor. And they couldn't understand why. Yeah, and yeah. that's that's the kind of learning. It's like, yes, well, yes, yes. are you going to make your animal work harder or yeah. easier? How can we set them up for success? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, yeah, I mean, yeah. that, that may not seem big, but it was huge when I learned it. And I went, oh. Yeah, yeah. I remember when I was in my early 20s, I was, the passion was to do obedience. Um, and the first dog I started, he was really a, just a good sort of dog, and he took me all the way up through the classes to championship. And I went on a early seminar then. There really wasn't seminars in dog training. So it was a, a weekend of people that were working at that level just to sit in a village hall and talk about it. And the trainer that was there went through 17 different ways to stop the dog pouncing on the dumbbell. And we all sat and wrote these down, one after the other. And then you think, oh, I've got to go through all these recipes. I've got to go through each one of these to find out which one's going to work. Because I didn't have the knowledge to understand how each of these ways to stop the dog pouncing on the dumbbell would affect what the dog was doing. Um, I don't want to go through them all because it was, you know, the 70s, which really wasn't the most pleasant dog training things. But it varied from putting the the dumbbell in a washing up bowl so the dog couldn't pounce on it to putting it up against a wall and other quite nasty things. But still, even at that age, I, I was thinking, why don't you just teach the dog how to do what you want to do rather than spend all the time running around these recipes? And I can imagine... You know, if you're floundering around recipes for teaching a dog to walk on a loose lead, if one doesn't work, you've got to go back to the book and have a look for another recipe rather than identify how does this recipe work, i.e. what are the ingredients going into this cake 
and how do they put this cake together to make it taste like this? And I'm not a fan of watching all these shows on cooking, but the experts on there can look at what somebody's produced and go, ooh, I can taste A, B, and C, and you overcook the B because it's made in a... And I'm like, wow. To me, it just tastes like cake. <laughs> it's either yeah. cake I like or don't like. That'll do. But I do know what cake I don't like, and I've had a few of those before now. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it is about knowing enough to be able to recognize ingredients and combinations and the chemistry that underlies it in cooking for us is to understand the technology how the science puts it together how we apply it because the science is just the science but the actual application can make that science work or not work so if we look at the recipe for teaching dogs to walk on a loose lead which to me is not much use because what did you do when the dog's not got a lead on? Um, you need to be able to take this apart and have a look at, I haven't taught the dog the skill of, or I haven't taught the person the skill of. And it just makes these recipes a good starting point, but they're not sufficient when you really want to learn how to do something. It'll cover you for... 60, 70% of your situations, you know, and I don't even know enough to flour, sugar, eggs in the thing, whiz it all up, and there you go. It'll cover you for most of the cakes, but if you want to do a specialised cake or that cake's limited in what you can put in it because you've got allergies or whatever, you're, you're, you're basically stuffed. Mm -hmm. Yes, you just got to go and find another recipe or just fail for that dog and partnership. Oh, don't say that. Well... well we see it happen too much, don't we? You know, we do. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm yeah. surrounded by it for sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So like that's what the course looks. is about. So people can come and go. We've also added it now. Instead of being a course, we've also got quite a lot of applications of people that want a mentoring program. So they've probably gone a long way down this information, but they feel, A, they will probably want a checklist. Oh, no, that's an area I need to specialize in a bit more. Or I'd like to something. I thought I'd learned that, but would you just check that I have? So we have a set of over 30 criteria that you can check off your skills against. Or you might have a business that's going and you want to expand the business and you can spend part of your credits on the course working with us to actually develop a business plan and how it's going to apply because goodness me I've been doing that for quite a few years yes mm -hmm. <laughs> yes we learn we apply we return to the beginning and learn again oh, oh yes lord it's called life lord. isn't it <laughs> sometimes on a Wednesday afternoon I think actually I'll just go and have a nap I don't want to go and learn anything else right now <laughs> learning's a morning thing not an afternoon thing oh yeah for you yeah well then I take on another youngster you know Zip is like oh gosh you're going to make me learn a lot of new things aren't you young lady she goes yes oh great how <laughs> How is Zip? Is Zip zipping she's, along? Yeah, she's doing well. She's doing well. She's got some new cues. Now we've got the uh, rams back at the bottom of the garden and they're very hungry. So they want to stick their heads through my fence to get at my grass. So I can let her out the door and I go, boys. And she goes, find out the garden. And she tells the boys where to go. So ah. she's very useful. <laughs> my garden. <laughs> yes, boys, the rams. And they're like, oh, here she comes again. It's not as if they move fast now. They just take a step or two backwards and she spits and swears at them. And they go, okay, we'll go away. <laughs> Circling back to, to, to the course, um, 
I think that people come into this uh, kind of learning expecting that they have to be this top flight. I have a thousand behaviors. I've taught my dog, yada, yada, yada. And I just want to assure people that um, our mutual friend, Julie Vanche in, in Australia, has had a dog with some significant health issues. Mm. And she always felt like, oh, I just want a dog to train. But what she has realized through our partnership and us learning together is that she has made an absolutely wonderful existence for her dog, Merlin, who mm. is a young mm. dog who has significant medical GI issues, significant orthopedic issues, and what a wonderful life. And that uh, yeah, should yeah. be their goal. Isn't that their job? I mean, we call ourselves trainers, and I, because I've been a trainer so long, I don't know what the outside view looking in is, what a trainer is. But it isn't just training a dog to do a job or a sport or an activity or walk on a lead. It's about setting up that dog to be able to live the best life they possibly can in the environment they're in. And if we have to have a training program that makes, I think one of the things she um, published was being able to put sunscreen on his nose because that hot Australian sun and he has a pale muzzle, top of his muzzle, without mm -hmm. it causing him any further stress. You know, that's what training's about. It's about oh. being able to care for our dogs in the best way and make life for them a joy rather than a chore just to live by our side. You know, just the same as do I ever have to train Zip not to stop the rams eating my grass? No, no, no. She can do that. She enjoys it. And she comes back with a tail in the air going, yep, job done. I'm a collie. I've done my stuff. <laughs> cool. You know, <laughs> it's not a nuisance. But if it was a nuisance, I would have to go back to my uh, geek land and find out a way of stopping that behavior from becoming what it actually is but at the moment it's it's more than useful because they're breaking that fence down quite fast it's not good for them no, so uh -huh. yes it, it's training is is everything of living alongside a dog it's an education it's about teaching my gordon setter that when you run at people you have to learn how to come to a stop before you take their knees out yes it's that's what training is it's life skills as much as anything else it's learning how to be who you are and not just go blasting through life and hoping everyone's going to oh, it's fine, it's Gordon Setter. No, it's not. If you've got a cup of coffee in your hand, you need to be able to say to her, don't come running at me right now. You've got to be able to stop out there. Mm -hmm. You know, it's training. It's training, it's teaching. I know that. So, I, I'm with you. I, I kind of I kind of choke a little bit on that training thing because it does yeah, seem a little, yeah. it, uh, uh, it's not adequate. It's not an adequate description. No, um, and even when we had the magazine, oh, that was a job and a half, um, I think it's about 2004 or five. You know, it was called Teaching Dogs. It wasn't about training dogs. It was about teaching dogs. And dogs know how to be dogs very, very well. They're pretty darn good at it after all. But often they take, they need some opportunity to learn how to live alongside us. It's, it's not easy. Even people have to learn how to live alongside us. And some of them don't find that very easy. <laughs> yeah, so... Um, Really, that's what it should be about more than anything else. Yeah. So people can go to the website now. They can yep, sign up. Yep, yep. It's open now. enrollment. We know it used to start in September, but now it's you can start when you're ready and you run for that year and you pick up what options you want. You go down what avenues you want. 
And there are certainly short courses you can do, which are six or eight lessons, very practically based on something like luring or reinforcements and rewards, cues, chain sequences, and all those things. Those will come around on a regular basis. And we'll also have a course on teaching people life skills for living with dogs. (laughs) My personal favorite. (laughs) Yes, because it takes a lot of skill to be able to often live with a dog. Mm -hmm. Yes, because some of them, you know, woof. Yes, Merrick's favourite one was digging up piles of mud on the end of grass chunks and running at me while I'm sitting on the sofa. So she'd come herring in from the bottom of the garden, land somewhere about my head with this mouthful of mud and grass. Look what I've got, you go. And I go, oh, good God. <sniffs> Lovely. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, we need to learn how to live with dogs as well. And not just make them into what we imagine they're going to be. They're not fur babies, they're dogs. So how can we just, you know, arrange the environment so that they can be good dogs and we will not lose our sanity trying to live with them. And they won't lose their sanity trying to live with us. Important part. And, and you know, uh, off mic, I will admit, before we started chatting this morning, we talked about um, people labeling dogs as fur babies or oh. I mean we could poke that a little bit but um <laughs> it, it it I I mean I think it's, it's got a serious question. side to it as well it, it does it does yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah. um you know we need to learn how to live with dogs we need to learn how to teach dogs um, and I and think this is to... part of um modern marketing you know um the pet dog industry never suffered a recession because as pet owners, we will always spend money on the animals that we share our lives with, our pets, because they're there, because we love them and we like to see them happy. But when you see the quantity of marketing of cute outfits or bedding or things that are turning dogs into things that aren't dogs, people are very vulnerable to that. And I think it is played on a lot. So, yes, they do start to think their dogs are not quite what you and I might regard them as. Mm. i.e. creatures that like to roll in fox shit whether they're wearing pajamas or not (laughs) and i still don't know why they do it (laughs) who knows i mean i think it's so fun when i talk to you because i was talking to a class the other day about how if i needed to lure my dog past badger shit i said how many of you guys in this class have ever had to lure your dog past badger shit uh, no, not. Okay, turkey poop, goat poop, raccoon poop. Yeah, but see, we don't have skunks. That's the, whoa. I mean, surely yeah, you, yeah. you. it's one of these things, if you can, you know, I, I must have been on my 18th trip to the States and I'd never smelt skunk. <laughs> and I think we were driving somewhere and I'm going, oh, my goodness, what's that smell coming in the car? So whoever I was with stopped the car reversed and we opened the window. She says, that's skunk. And I went, okay, I get it now. <laughs> it's like, yeah wow wow yeah. every yeah, so. night they visit my deck every night. really and then you're getting that smell every night not no so, not you don't get the smell if they're not bothered you know okay, which the, okay. the dogs are okay. inside and the dogs look at them and go skunk and i go over there not in here okay. <laughs> and they'll chase them off then yes oh but you don't want them to because um you know they'll spray Oh, right. Okay, okay. And that stuff does not, I mean, any dog person in the United States will tell you how difficult it is to get rid of that smell. And then every time the dog gets wet, you smell that smell for the next oh. several months. Oh. One time I was, when I was living out on more property, 
um, I inadvertently let the dogs out, not realizing there was a skunk out there, which, you know, skunks are hard to see in the dark. That's <laughs> my defense. Um, all three of my dogs went after the skunk. Um, one of the dogs got it square in the chest. My Jack Russell was still alive. The spray went right over her head. I thought, good, good short dog. Nice. Yes. <laughs> That's why we bred short leg dogs. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Wow. So you make a noise so the skunks disappear before you let the dogs out. Yes, yes. Right. Or right, yes. or if it's a raccoon, which is very common, I will often turn on the light. I'll look out on the deck. It'll yeah. be staring at me. I'll wait one thousand, two one thousand. I'll bang on the window, and then they'll scurry away. Then wow. I can let my dogs wow. Out. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's nothing compared to Australia. I mean, <gasps> I know. We're staying there, though. The noise on the roof overnight, and this was a tin uh, roof, like a wiggly tin roof, uh-huh. of these possums having sex yeah. on the roof. And I was yes. like, I mean, what the hell was going on? <laughs> you didn't want to go and waste your host going, I think there's something on the roof. But the noise was horrendous. But of course, then the dogs are straight up the trees around the gardens, chasing the possums and all other things that could kill them. <sighs> Yep, All of a yep, sudden, yep. I think Zip and the Rams are just fine for me. Yes, exactly. Yeah. There's nobody's going to come off worse than that. <laughs> <That's fine. laughs> All right. So for those interested, Tackle 2020. Um, yes, yes. Right up now. I, thought, I do. You will not regret it. You will not regret excellent, it. Excellent, excellent. Okay. And of course, you know, you've got one of those houses in Geekland as well, so you'll be there. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I ever leave. I, no, I think I'm living in it all the time. Yep. Super. To sign up for Talkle 2020 or any of the courses that you're interested in, go to learningaboutdogs.com and start your journey upriver.